So it can be very helpful to occasionally in a, a come back, remind oneself, fall back on the, on the basic fundamental principles in our bhavana, in our formal meditation. Uh, the first one, kaya, kata, sati, mindfulness of the body, bringing awareness into the body. Now the second, present moment awareness, not running off into the future, not lingering in the past, but settling down here and now. Number three, the silence, mental silence, the calming down, all these mental proliferation, all these sankhavas, thoughts, ideas, plans, worries, fantasies, fears. One could add to number four, the uh, finding joy in meditation, finding beauty training oneself not to uh, enjoy the first three principles, training to enjoy being with the body, being in the body, training to enjoy the present moment, training to find beauty and silence, to be happy and enjoy the calming down of mental proliferation. First one of the Buddha has dedicated now whole Sutta, Kaya, Gata, Sati Sutta, the mindfulness connected with the body, and pointing out now the huge benefits for our practice. And if we can establish awareness in the body, if we can ground our awareness in the body. Ajahn Man. He always asked every one of his disciples that they make their primary meditation object something connected with the body. For example, the Anapanasati would fulfill that as a bodily function, or the uh, element contemplation, the cemetery contemplations, the 32 parts. All that uh, would come under that. And he was quite open about what they exactly they want to do. And the walking meditation is also concerned with the body. If one puts awareness onto another feeling of walking, so he also considered it uh, very important. And so many of his disciples made good progress with that. And uh, I feel it is even more important nowadays because in traditional societies, whether it's a little bit more than 100 years when Ajahn Man was teaching and practicing, or whether it's 2,500 years ago with the Buddha, and the people would have much less mental distraction and proliferation than we have nowadays. And the majority lived in the village and did physical work. Whereas we are often hardly doing anything and just sitting in front of screens, scrolling on the mobile phone, sitting in front of the desktop screen, and then the mind just goes into the screen and into the whole virtual universe and into proliferation thinking. 
very difficult to calm the mind down in Samatha Samadhi if it's somewhere out there in the World Wide Web and in thinking and proliferating. It's much, much easier when we bring the mind back, when we are aware and when we feel the body. So I think for us nowadays, where we are so much uh, lost in thinking, where that is so much emphasized in education, where in our jobs we often don't have so much physical work, but again, uh, thinking, working with uh, screens, even more important to pull the mind back and ground it in this physical basis, you know, this body is you know, what we are dragging around, these four elements constituting our body is what we are carrying around as long as we are alive. I kind of almost forget about it and lose contact with that. The second present moment awareness as Buddha points out in the very famous skatas of the Badeka Rata Sutta, it's actually a whole series of these suttas in Madhimanikaya, with only small variations, and some deva coming and reciting it, and a monk going to the Buddha, and then someone else reciting it and remembering it, and so on. This is quite fascinating that uh, the several suttas were considered uh, important enough not to be so repetitive, but the uh, principles mentioned in these few verses in that garden are just so important. It starts with atitang non vagameya, not to linger in the past, not to rush ahead into the future. What, what is in the past? that is already gone, we can't change it anyhow. So why do we get so attached and worked up about it? Can't can't be changed, has happened. Not to hanker about the future. Do you like thinking and proliferating and planning your future? <laughs> and hoping that it turns out and that it comes different anyhow. And then uh, already the next morning something has happened and then there are plans for the whole next year and you can just immediately cancel them and start planning again till some other unexpected event occurs. And uh, we, we got stuck in that and we think if we can do it smarter now that we can all plan it out. Uh, very important, of course, and, uh, occasionally we do have to plan. We cannot live all the time, always, only in the present moment. Certainly not in lay life and not even in the monk's life. Occasionally it is also helpful to look back into the past and uh, to learn of one's mistakes, to use wisdom, understanding, investigation, and one can learn a lot and apply wisdom. But it doesn't have to be done all the time. And in particular, it is not helpful to do that if you try to calm your mind and settle down and develop samadhi, samatha, calmness, concentration, meditation. 
and then uh, to develop a uh, deep, profound insight, wisdom. Then form the meditation at that moment, and if you try to plan the future or figure out the past, that becomes an uh, obstruction. Occasionally, for sure, and we quite deliberately decide mindfully now there's something in the past I have to look at, investigate, try to understand it. And a certain amount of planning is unavoidable. But not when you now have one hour of meditation or maybe even only half an hour for the whole day. Or even if you have a couple of hours of formal meditation during the day. Now, this is not the time for learning from the past or figuring out the future. It's good to make a clear resolution when you sit down. It's very powerful and one can use that. When you start your formal meditation, you sit down or you start walking. You make it a little bit almost like a little ritual. Like here, and we bow before we finally start. This is something very special, the most special thing you can do in the universe, the developing pavana and putting your whole energy and wisdom and dedication into the act of training your mind without any other duty for that period of time. And then you resolve for this one hour, for this 20 minutes, whatever you sit or walk, no past, no future. I figure that out. And you can even give yourself some time after it if you notice now that there are so many pressing issues coming up and you feel, I really have to figure that, now, okay, give yourself some 10 minutes afterwards where you can think about the future, now, and then you can remind yourself, now, not, not now. It's so important to settle down here and now. Time is now. Place is here. And now is a knowing, as Lumpur Sumedho likes to say. And uh, if we start off with meditation, it can often be quite difficult. We're so used, and we are creatures of habit. And as we are very used to constantly planning the future, to think about the past, and it takes time to gradually make the mind used to be in the present moment and to and discover the beauty. And one of the great beauties of the present moment that uh, for most people, 90% or more of the problems are immediately gone. It's a little bit different if we have a chronic pain condition. Admittedly, no, then it's a little bit different. And uh, if you have a chronic pain condition, no, that is also there and painful here and now. But if one doesn't have that, no, if we look at, no, for most people, if you look at no, what really worries and troubles you, what do you suffer from? If we investigate that, it tends to be something in the past which is already over and which we now remember and agonize about and drive ourselves nuts. But if we are here now while we are meditating, uh, this thing is often not an issue. It becomes a problem and painful and suffering only if we allow ourselves to remember it and then to engage with it and whinge about it and complain and what's so unfair and why me? Why me? 
or do I have to undergo that? And the same with the future. Now you probably have got quite a few uh, worries about the future. Now with your job, with your uh, partner, with the kids, with your education, with the exam, with whatever, with the house you're building, with the mortgage. But how much of that is actually really a problem right now, here and now? If you just sit there and you're breathing, and again, if you investigate, I think you will find it's actually not a problem here and now. It's something that may occur in the future. I can drive us completely nuts. So one way of discovering the beauty of the present moment and enjoying it is by realizing that so much of all our problems and all our suffering is in the past or the future. And we can abandon that by the simple act of simply being aware in the present moment here and now. And even for this one exception, if we do have a physical pain which is present here and now, even there, if we look at it more closely, a lot of the suffering is the thinking about, I may have this pain also tomorrow, I may have it for the rest of my life, uh, it may never go away, it may actually get worse, how do I cope with that pain? If it gets worse, if it doesn't go away, what if that is actually something serious? What if that is cancer? What if that means I have to die soon? And so on. Even there, a major part of the suffering in the present moment is actually not in the present moment with the pain, but is in the thinking and uh, further proliferation about it. But uh, the majority of our other everyday problems are often completely gone in the here and now. And once we can see that mindfully with wisdom, then we can get a real delight. We can find real delight in the here and now. We become... Um, you know, there's something that we always want to come back to. And I think the walking meditation is a great one for uh, helping with these two things, getting into awareness of the physical body, you know, because walking is quite easy to feel. And if you are sitting and watching the breath, and it's a very subtle thing. It's a bodily function, but it's in the, one of the very subtle ones. And the wind element is the most subtle. But if you're walking, in particular, if you get old like me, and by now I can really feel the body. Wunk, wunk. <laughs> it's no longer jump, jump when you're young. But even if you're young, there's quite a strong sensation walking. And one can walk in a fast. If you find it difficult to stay with the feeling in the body, you know, just just walk quite fast. Because you know, it's, it's almost natural you know, that the mind then gets engaged with that. And many people, even if they're not doing the kind of formal meditation, they have that you know, as an instinct, even if they're not doing 
any um, meditation in any spiritual system, they may just go for a long walk if they want to calm down. And walking can also make it a bit easier to stay in the present moment because if you're sitting in the present moment it may be a little bit boring sometimes <laughs> and until another breath that develops you know, all these beautiful aspects and you can see that and you can perceive you know, the beauty and the pleasure in the breath it may appear a little bit boring but when you're walking you know, there's still more happening in the present moment so it may be a little bit easier again to stay in the present moment while walking and then silence it's not necessary to comment I find that quite intriguing sometimes you can have this viral YouTube video with hundreds of millions of views and hundreds of thousands of comments but people still feel that they have to leave some comment there or even they feel that they have to comment on another person's comment so you're having the one of 500 comments commenting on one of 500,000 comments onto this video. And uh, I'm always wondering whether they think who's going to read that. Now the person publishing that will find it difficult <laughs> to read so 100,000 comments. And it's just some urge. Now we want to comment, we want to say something. We want to put our own five cents towards it. And even if you don't do that on YouTube or on, uh, or the other social media, it's always uh, quite similar that we have to put out and you know, giving our own five cents. But it's the same uh, mentally. We cannot just sit there and breathe, and then we have to now comment on how we meditate. I was really stupid, and I can't meditate, and why am I so distracted, or this is too boring. This is constantly commentary warning. Just like a, a commentator when, when you watch a footy game or cricket game or something and there's this guy and his job is to constantly talk about what you're already seeing anyhow. And we have this uh, commenter and they're operating in our mind constantly wanting to say and comment on anything that is happening and proliferate about and talk about it. So it's uh, very beneficial in it to learn to enjoy silence. It's a great train of training sometimes in conversations. When you join a conversation and maybe it's a topic you feel quite passionately about, and maybe some people in that conversation have the very opposite view of you and they say things which are completely wrong in your conviction and opinion. Do you find it easy to just listen and not say anything? <laughs> it's amazingly difficult. And if that occasion ever comes up, it's a great way of training not to overcome this tendency in having to put one's own five cents 
and just listening uh, to these different views which you feel are all uh, completely wrong and, and silly and immediately you want to cut in and correct that this is just nonsense. It's so difficult uh, to keep quiet, not to comment. But if you can do it in that situation, then you may also be able to do it when you are just feeling and experiencing the breath in the here and now. Well, there can be great beauty in silence. The, the Buddha absolutely loved silence. There's one thing where he often uh, actually did speak out and told people often if they were loud, even the monks. Uh, so uh, learning training the mind to calm down all this activity. Because in meditation what we are training is awareness, just knowing, not thinking, talking, commenting. One doesn't have to think and proliferate and bring up notions in order to develop wisdom and insight. It's possible to know non-verbally when the Buddha was sitting under the Bodhi tree and he later described the dependent origination, this doesn't mean that he was sitting under the Bodhi tree and thinking, avicca, patriya, sankara, sankara, patriya, vinyanang, and so on. This is, was, was on a much more, on a much deeper level, just uh, watching dependent origination in both modes and happening, knowing it. So learning to know, to be aware, to be mindful without thinking, without bringing up notions, concepts. And the best way of practicing these three principles, the connecting, grounding, awareness in the body, being in the present, here and now, and calming down, the silencing the mind, not commenting, but silent. The best way of developing that is by learning to enjoy it. One can actually learn to enjoy things. It's not like often we naively think there's something I like and something I don't like. It's a quite a funny, naive view, and I had that myself. But then uh, over time you notice it actually changing, changing anyhow. and one can deliberately train oneself to like or dislike certain things. Quite fascinating, the faculty of perception. And many people only like certain music because that is the in thing, that is what the peer group considers to be good music. And then that's what you listen, even if you actually don't really like it, but you convince yourself certain things now are considered silly or bad or in, in one's peer group and one learns not to like it, to dislike it. So we can uh, deliberately do that and train ourselves to enjoy silence, train ourselves to really like and delight in the present moment. And once we notice now that all the problems tend to be gone, 
in the present moment and then uh, it's quite easy to learn to enjoy it. And training oneself now how much better it feels. What does it feel like now, uh, binging on the internet, playing all night games or binge watching videos or whatever? Or what does it feel like now, if you're really in a, a walking or even just doing some exercise and being really in the body? So it's really much more uh, satisfying and a much deeper sense of you know, happiness and contentment. So my recommendation um, in meditation, never forgetting these three principles connected with joy, uh, learning to enjoy awareness of the body, grounding oneself in the body you know, joyfully, learning to be happy in the present moment here and now, and learning to take delight in silence rather than in mental activity. Just be silent and to know, to be aware in silence. <coughs>